Now, it's good to be here again just to continue sharing together as we continue to look through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Now, we've got to chapter 5, so you'll be pleased to hear we're almost at the end. But we've had such a learning journey through this book, and it's taught us a lot um, in different aspects of life. And last, the last session was particularly sensitive um, because it, it was talking about death and what to expect through death and around death. And this is actually, it goes on to talk a little bit more about the second coming of God at the start of chapter five. But it, it's actually, it's a warning because sometimes we can get so focused on, on, um, on what's going to happen, signs of the times and looking and thinking about Revelation as a book that we can get so consumed with that that we forget to live in the here, live in the now and live with, um, with our brothers and sisters. So we'll, we'll read from verse one in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And it says, Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and dates we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep. Let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. See, this is a brilliant passage because it teaches us so much about what God wants to say to us. See, last week we looked into death and what to expect around it. See, there's lots of, sign, uh, there's lots of signs of the times that's happening at the minute. The times that we live in, um, a lot of it points towards what, um, what the Bible describes as the apocalypse or the second coming of God. And there's so much um, that, that needs to happen biblically. There's so much in the Bible that all this stuff has to happen before Jesus is going to come again. So we need to be careful to be mindful of the times, but to not have our minds full of the times, if you get the difference. Because we live in such a time where there's so much knowledge and so much um, instantaneous knowledge of what's happening around the world. You see, the thing is, it's a fun time to live in because we're so connected, but it's also, it's a scary time because we're, we can so easily connect with all over the world. So, we need to recognize the times and the situations that we are living in. Because um, as you see in the news, day in, day out, they're reporting stuff that's happening all over Israel and all over in the Middle, the Middle East. They're reporting wars and rumors of wars 
and this is all, um, this is happening on a daily basis now. Oh, this war's going to start, this war's going to start. Oh, actually, no, that war's not going to start. You know, but this, this war's actually happening and nobody knows about it. Like, there's so many wars and rumors of wars going around. And this is in the Bible. It's all in there saying that all of this is going to happen and all of this has to happen before Jesus comes back. But you know what? Some people get obsessed. They get so obsessed with looking into and um, basically dissecting the Bible piece by piece. And, they, uh, and then the, every single news item that comes up, they're trying to associate that news item with things so they can say, I've got, I know that Jesus is coming because this has happened, this has happened, and this has happened. And they basically consume their whole lives with that knowledge that they forget to actually live their life as a witness. That's why it starts in verse 1 with a warning. That's why it starts and it says, Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and date, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. In other words, Jesus is coming back again. Jesus, he is coming, so get ready. But don't get obsessed with it. Don't obsess over it. You see, we aren't meant to be like that. See, nobody knows the time or the date that Jesus is coming back. Like if, it, if a thief in the night, if you knew when a thief was coming in the night, that's the way it describes it, that Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. And if we knew a thief was coming at 2 a.m., we'd be up and we'd have all the lights on and we'd be prepared and ready and waiting. I'm sure you've all seen Home Alone. Whenever, you know, Kevin McAllister, he, um, he opens the top window and overhears the burglar saying, we'll come back about 9 o'clock tonight and we'll get him, you know, so he prepares his house, and he make, and that's what you'd do, you'd make all these traps, and all these ways of catching, you know, the thief in the night, but the thing is, Jesus, well, he's a good thief, that's the thief that we want to come, we want, we want God to come and rob us saints away, I don't know if any of you have ever seen the movie Left Behind with Nicolas Cage, I mentioned it in my last sermon, I'd really recommend watching it, because it, it's maybe not biblically 100% correct, but it actually gives a good picture as to what it might look like whenever Jesus comes back and takes all of us to be with himself, because it's going to happen in an instant. It's going to happen instantaneously. All of a sudden, millions of people from all over the world will disappear. Imagine what chaos that will ensue. You know what? There'll be cars driving down the road and the driver will disappear. Kids all over the world will just disappear. People that believe in Jesus will just disappear. Then all of a sudden, the true followers of God will be recognized. And there's a brilliant bit in the movie, I, I, I think I mentioned it last week as well, where there's a pastor of the church still sitting in his church, crying his eyes out, because he realized he taught all of the stuff, but he didn't believe it. He didn't believe it in his heart. Oh, it's a brilliant movie to watch. And the thing is, no matter where you go now, there's always, they're always talking about the end of the world. They're always talking about the end of all things. So like you talk, um, there's a movie that came out called 2012, and it was all about basically a second flood impacting the earth. You know, and then there's, uh, there's other movies. The Mayan calendar, for instance, um, their calendar stopped in 2012 because they thought that was the end of the world. You know, that's what they expected, that whenever the planets and, and all aligned in a certain configuration, the world would end. See, 
there's so many people that want to obsess over it and obsess over it. Like even if you if you know anything about it, it's the walking dead. It's all about zombies and, and stuff. So basically people dying and coming back to life as a zombie. But again, it's talking about an apocalypse of sorts. It's talking about the end of the world. It's talking about different things that will happen at the end. But this is why, you know, we need to be mindful of the times that we live in, but not have our minds full of them. Because we can be so caught up with conspiracy theories, with all the news items, with all the things that we miss living our lives as a witness, living our lives in belief and in relationship with God. Because we're so obsessed about the end coming, we actually don't live. See, it's going to be a shock. It's going to happen all of a sudden. You know what? But it, it warns us here that we need to build each other up. We need to encourage each other to live our lives. You know what? It warns us to be children of the light and to be awake and to be sober. We can't just go through life in a daze. We can't just go through life just surviving it. It's funny, when I was back in Northern Ireland over the summer, I was talking to this older gentleman, and he basically just says like he feels he's in a waiting room waiting to go to heaven. And I'm like, we're not meant to be like that. Whether we're eight or we're 80 or 800, it doesn't matter how old or how young we are. We're meant to live our lives. We're not meant to survive it. We're not meant to just make it through. We're meant to live our lives to the full. You're meant to live your life as a witness to others. You're meant to be awake in your life. Sometimes I think some, we, have, we need to actually shake ourselves a little and uh, tell us to wake up. Because we can just fit into our routines. We can go through the same things every week. Now, routine is brilliant. And routine is a brilliant way of doing life. It's good to get in routines, but not at the absence of life. Routines are supposed to help add to our life, not just make it through, not just do what I need to do. So coming to church on a Sunday should be a joy-filled occasion. It should be something that we do routinely, because the Bible says, don't give up meeting together. Meet together all the time. You know, but it's not meant to be not thought about. We're meant to come prepared to worship God. We're meant to come prepared to engage with God. So we come and we sing with all that we have. We can think about passages and, and prayers that we want to pray. We can think about, oh, I think that person needs that encouragement so I can go up to them and just say, I've been praying for you this week. God's laid this in my heart. We're meant to be a family. We're meant to care about each other. We're meant to invest in each other. We can't claim to follow God but never encourage your brother and sister. We can't claim to follow God, but never actually do anything that benefits other people. We have to give all that we have. Because you see, in John 10, 10, it says, a thief comes to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes, sorry, not a thief, because the thief is the devil. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So if you don't feel like you're living your life to the full at the minute, we've got to question ourselves and go, okay, God, how can I have a fuller life? How can I have your life to the full that you give? Because at the minute, I feel like this is being stolen away from me, my happiness, my contentment, my joy. You know, maybe he's, maybe he's killed your spirit by just feeling rejection for so many years. You felt rejection about something, so you, you feel like you've just been pressed down. And the thing is, maybe something that you had, something that you loved, is destroyed. Something you cared about. 
Because the thing is, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to take away from your life. But God wants to add to it. God wants to give. But he wants to give the good things in life. He doesn't want to give bad things. That's why he fills the words full of so much richness. That whenever you read the Bible, it brings life to you. And that's why you can read the same passage 10 times and get 10 different things from it. Because it's alive. It's a living thing that breathes life. We need to follow God. It says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober and we need to put on faith and love as a breastplate. Have you put on your faith this morning? Have you stepped out in faith? Have you done anything in faith recently? Not knowing what's going to happen. What's the last thing you've done in faith, not knowing the outcome? When's the last time you spoke to somebody about Jesus not knowing how they're going to receive you. You know, we need to put on love as a breastplate because if you truly love people, you care and you'll be there for them. You'll be there to support them and reach out to them. That's why we want to do these baskets because we want to show people we actually do love. We actually do care. We actually do want to invest in you and we want to be there for you. And that's going to take a sacrifice of time. That's going to take effort because a few relationships might start by us giving these baskets, but the thing is they might be housebound, so we might have to go and do church with them in their living room. We might have to take time out of our schedules to actually invest in, the, in these lives, to see them actually one for God. And then the hope of salvation as a helmet. Are you, are you hopeful this morning? What's your dreams? What's your, what, do you, what do you want to see happen in, in your life, in the life of this church? What do you want to see blossom into life? Or do you just come just expecting everything to happen? Do you come expecting everybody else to have the dreams and have the vision and have everything that's needed? Or are you dreaming for your own life? Are you dreaming about how, how God wants to work in you and through you? What, what, what hopes do you have? What dreams do you have? It's a big place, and, this, and, and, and you know what? Christmas is a brilliant time for dreaming, for imagining, because we make all of these magical worlds. We, um, you know, Naomi is just loving how magic the world is. She's seeing all the twinkly lights. She's seeing all the Christmas trees and all the sparklies and all the things that she loves. And she's, she's living in a dream world because she's absolutely like, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. I helped make that. She keeps pointing at her Christmas tree saying, I made that. I made that. And she's just a, like, what do you want to point at with your life and say, I helped make that. I helped do that. With the power of God, we did that as a church. That's why we want to do these things. That's why we want to start reaching out. That's why we start, want to start reaching people. Because we want, to, we want to fill this place full of hope. We want to fill our lives full of dreams. That's why we need... It says we need to be sober, and that means basically we need to be focused. We don't need to let any distractions in, anything that will take away from it. So we need to protect ourselves. We need to protect ourselves with the life, with the light. You know, we need to be sober and awake. We need to look around us and actually wake up and say, well, this is the need. Let's meet the needs of our community. It's our choice whether to live or whether to survive. It's our choice whether to have faith or be faithless. It's all, it's, all, it's all an option. 
You know what? You can go through your whole existence and never have to believe for anything, never, because you've never risked anything enough to step out in faith. It's going to be risky to talk to your friends, to talk to your family, to talk to anybody about the hope you've found. There's going to be risk because they might laugh at you. They might, um, they might even joke and make a joke out of what you're saying. But you know what? God is faithful. God is love. You know what? It's a choice to whether to love God, to love ourselves, and to love others. It's a choice. We need to love people enough to care to say something. It says, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he died so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. You see, as followers of God and people with actual life, we're, we're people with actual life. See, we received that not because of anything we've done, but because of the grace of God. So we've received this life. So we're not under judgment anymore. All of the stuff that happened in our past, all of the wrong things we've done, all of the stuff which disqualified us from following Jesus has been forgiven. It's been erased. We need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive others and then move on and move on into the life that God has right in front of us. We're not going to receive the rewards of our sin, which is death, but we're going to receive the life that God gives only because of his grace. See, he died that so we can always be with him before and after death. Because death's just a transition from this life to the next. See, it says that we're always going to live in God. It said um, that whether we are awake or asleep, and that asleep is talking about death. If you look at the root word, it's talking about being asleep in death. So whether we're awake or asleep, we may live together with Christ. Because once you give your life to him, once you trust your life to him, it changes everything. So this morning, I want to encourage you to encourage yourself by seeing the signs of the times and where it's pointing towards. It's good to look around and good to take knowledge and take note of this is where the world is. Because the, the way it's looking at the minute is Jesus is coming soon. He is coming soon. That's what the signs are pointing towards that he, Jesus is coming back again. And then encourage yourself by not obsessing over it. Obviously, when you learn something, that's fine, that's brilliant, but don't obsess over looking at the signs of the times and whenever Jesus is going to come back because plenty of dates that people have given have come and gone. But as I said, it's going to be like a thief in the night. He's going to come back. But the thing is, we need to be full of light, not darkness. We need to be alive and not surviving. We need to be fully alive. We need to be sober and not just drunkenly going through life and just sort of missing the point. You know what? Life is there to be living, lived and lived to the full. So this morning, whether you've been walking with Jesus a long time or a short time, or maybe you're not walking with Jesus yet, you know what? You need to give your life to him all of your brokenness, all of your mess, and get forgiveness. You need to say sorry for all the wrong things we've done. It's just a simple thing called repentance. And even as Christians, we still need to repent. 
We still need to come to God and keep a short account, saying, God, this is how I've messed up. This is how I've screwed up. Be with me, God. Guide me. So if you're unsure, I just want to really encourage you, don't leave here without chatting to myself or somebody else about how you feel, about where you are. If you're unsure, if you're living your life the way God intended, don't leave here without spending some time praying through it. Don't leave here without going, right, God, how can I live my life with more of you, more to the full? You know what? I'll gladly pray with you, and I'm sure many people in here would gladly pray with anybody that wants prayer for anything. So don't let yourself live under a judgment. Don't let yourself live under a cloud, but live your life full of life. I want to encourage you this morning just to be yourself because that's what we're meant to be. We're meant to be fully ourselves because we're meant to encourage one another and build each other up. So whenever you're feeling down, if you don't go to your family, the family, the church family, you're not giving us opportunity to build you up. So you're actually robbing from us and not just yourself. Because we've got to give other people chances to encourage us and to build us up. So if you're not, if you're feeling discouraged this morning, give, go to someone. Allow them to encourage you. Allow them to challenge you. Allow them to build you up because we want to be doing it. Let's just pray, just in closing. God, thank you for all that you want to teach us. Thank you, God, that you want to teach us how to be truly alive in you, how to truly live for your glory, to truly live a good life. Jesus, you come down as a perfect example, and we thank you for that example. So God, give us the courage and give us the strength to follow that example. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for everything you do for us. So God, just lift your name high in our lives and through our lives. Let us follow you every day. Let us be inspired by you and by your other followers, God. God, give us mission opportunities, God. Give us chances to speak to our friends and our family and our loved ones and people we care about. God, give us a heart for people that don't yet know you. God, we want to see people reached for you. We want to see people in a relationship with you in a new and a fresh way. So God, thank you for everything you're doing through our lives. But God, we ask for more. We ask for more and more and more. In the powerful name of Jesus, we ask you to come and just encourage us to live. In Jesus' name, amen.